Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is up, podcast fam? Happy Monday. Hope you all had an amazing weekend and are getting ready for a great week. I'm so excited to share this episode today with Carrick Felix. Carrick has an amazing story. I recently found out about him. One day, scrolling on Instagram, came across this guy, Carrick, and was so inspired by his story. He went from being bullied to becoming a young dad and being homeless to making it to the NBA. His will to succeed, his will to make it in the NBA could really just be felt in the interview that I had with him while recording, and I loved it. His story is amazing. He managed to succeed while others predicted he would fail, made it to the NBA, got injured, and while he got injured, he started to look at his life and ask, who am I without basketball? What does life look like without the NBA and without basketball? And during that time, he found his true calling in speaking and impacting and inspiring kids and people to build a meaningful life, beat the odds, and encourage people to achieve their goals. And today, he does just that through his platform, speaking, and through his business, IMC family, where he does coaching, among other services. I really enjoyed this episode. I know you will. So with that, enjoy Carrick's story. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. So pumped to have you on. Really appreciate it. I'm really excited to dive in to share your story with the world. Just before we jump in, I don't know how much you actually know about my show, etc. But I came across your profile a few months ago. And I love the content you're putting out there. I loved your story, specifically why it hit home with me so much. I love the TED, the TED video as well, yeah. you know, where you talk about impossible. Just a little bit about myself just before we kick this off. So I'm 26 years old. I started my first business when I was 14 years old. Wow. I've always sort of approached life with this impossible is, is just the word mentality. Yeah. At age 20, my dad passed away from a rare cancer. At age 25, my mom passed away from a rare cancer. And wow. that journey for me really shaped the mentality that I approach life with now. And the reason why I started my podcast, Bits of Gold, is because through my own experiences with loss, I've learned that each day is a gift and not a guarantee. Every day is so fragile. And with that, I want to inspire people to recognize how fragile and short life can be and the yeah. importance of pursuing what makes you come alive, pursuing your dreams. And when I came across your story, I was like, wow, I got to get you on the show. You have such an awesome story to share. So I know it's a little bit of a long intro, but I'm really excited to have you on and share your story. No, man, I, I appreciate you having me on and just obviously just hearing a little bit about your story and what you've been through. You know, my condolences goes to you. And obviously you've gotten to the point of what you're where you're at right now and, and you're able to do what you're doing and, and inspiring and living out your dream. So 
I want to say I appreciate you because I know how hard it can be, especially growing up and being in your 20s and having to go through something so traumatic. So, you know, again, I definitely tip my hat off to you, man. And I appreciate you for uh, reaching out and having me on the show, man. Amazing. Well, with that, we can take it back to wherever the beginning starts for you. Man. Let's take it back. Uh, in the beginning. So just a little bit about myself. A lot of people do know me as being a military kid because I just traveled all over. Um, I was born in Vegas. I uh, ended up living in Washington, D.C., Alaska, Texas, California. Ended up moving to Phoenix where my parents ended up getting divorced with a little bit of grade school here. Went from grade school to high school here where I played basketball and then went to junior college for, for hoops as well. Ended up going to North Carolina to go uh, to Duke and then ended up going to Arizona State. And then that's where I got drafted and, and ended up playing for their, you know, Cleveland, the Washington Wizards, Utah, and kind of just started my basketball career. But just to hop in my story a little bit deeper, you know, like like everyone's story, right? we all have a journey. We all have some adversity that happens on our path. You know, going back to the beginning when I was younger, I did grow up in a, a family where I had a mom, I had a dad, and I had my brothers. But, you know, I didn't grow up with my father going to college or my mom, you know, having a high school degree due to, you know, things in her past that, that were holding her back from that. And I didn't have that example. You know, I was that kid who, you know, grew up that was bullied in school, that was in special ed from like second grade all the way to high school. And, you know, luckily I was able to find hoops, which kind of set me free because I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a knucklehead back in the day when I was a kid. <laughs> I was a knucklehead back in the day. But, you know, as I started to play hoops, you know, I started to realize just a little bit more about life and what was possible. And it wasn't until I got into college, uh, I started to really realize what I could do with my life and, and really just focus and, and hone on to just immerse myself within the game of basketball. And as I began to do that, I was able to, again, I was able to, you know, propel my career forward, got drafted in 2013. But before I got drafted, I was, you know, I was homeless. I was getting ready to have a daughter, you know, and I was transitioning through life as a young, you know, 22, 21 year old who, you know, again, I didn't, I didn't have that example of what a father was like, right? I, you know, I, again, I had the alcoholic dad, the abusive father, and it was hard for me at the time to even realize that. I was going to even be a dad, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, my daughter completely changed my life. She shifted it and allowed me to see more than what it was just at that time. And then as I, you know, begun just playing hoops and, and started that journey as a rookie, it was interesting because, you know, you take a kid and you give them the world, right? You make your childhood dream come true. You think it would be everything you ever wanted and everything that, you know, you look up and you you're waiting for everything to be like when it's there. But as I began that journey and, you know, I ended up breaking my knee my second year when I was out for three and a half years, I hit a very low point in my life, you know, because at that time sports was my identity. It was who I was. And, you know, I, I didn't know what direction to go in. You know, I, I didn't know what I was going to do at all just because I was, I was faced with, again, breaking my knee and being out for three and a half years and going to three, three, four different doctors who were telling me I would never play again, doing three or four surgeries when originally my injury, because I ended up breaking my knee in half around 2014. But originally, you know, the surgery was only supposed to be 
six to, well, the rehab was supposed to be six to eight months. So, you know, I got to the point where I rehab for six to eight months, was working out and trying to get back on the court. And then I went to go plant and I it literally couldn't move my leg again. So they had to, you know, redo the surgery to put two new screws in there, do new wire. So, you know, my mental state at the time was, was at a low point just because I didn't know what else to do. You know, I had yeah. who had this dream and who made it come true, who was able to get anything, but then just had it all snatched away. So this is where I, I went on my own personal self-discovery, just journey, just really digging into what I was passionate about. Like who is Carrick Felix without this, you know, without the game of basketball. And as I started to dig and as I started to build the knowledge around just everything, just finances and networking and around speaking, which I was doing at the time, you know, I started to realize like, man, like there's other things than just basketball that I could make a living doing. There's other things in my life that I truly enjoy and love and I'm truly passionate about, which again, put me back into the place where, you know, I had to make a decision because I ended up building a, a small tech business during that time, which was like an online concierge service for like outdoor recreational equipment. And I began speaking. So I, I was, I mean, brought to a road in my journey where I had to decide whether I was going to play sports again. I was going to follow through my business. I decided to do the sports route, right? Just because I didn't want to regret anything. And as I began to play again, I started to realize that my heart was somewhere else. And, mm. you know, I think in life we go through these stages where we go through things and we, we accomplish things in our life. And it shows us the bigger picture and, you know, playing in the NBA and, and meeting the people I've met and, you know, being able to not only make the NBA once, but be out for three years and do what, you know, most would say was never possible again. And getting back to the NBA for me, that just showed me that there was so much more in life that I could accomplish if I was just locked in and focused. And that's where I kind of began the journey of just inspire IMC, right? We call it IMC family, IMC elite. And that's where I just started to inspire, motivate and change and really just dive in deeply with the knowledge I've built throughout my own personal experience uh, with proximity around, you know, others who are living a high level life, but uh, mostly it just, from basically a kid from that grew up with nothing who didn't have the experience and knowledge then to who I am today and just really just giving giving it back and trying to give value to people's lives so they can, you know, shift, pivot, change their businesses or start a business or start podcasts and things like that. So that's a little bit of a tidbit of my story, but life is interesting. It's good. My journey is uh it's been one to definitely teach me a lot. So I loved all that. I have the biggest smile ear to ear right now. I love your story. There was so much gold and so much of what you just said, but I want to dive into a little bit from all different things that you would just mention. So I'm just curious, growing up, first time you played basketball, like growing up as a kid, first time you picked up a basketball, did you have this aspiration or it wasn't really until you got to college? Uh, first time I picked up the basketball, I ran off the court crying. <laughs> uh, my mom had put me in basketball actually when I was a uh, when I was a toddler kid. They put me in. My brothers were playing, and literally, I ran on the court. They put me on. I ran off crying to the sideline. Then I didn't play again until uh, I would say uh, probably eighth grade, seventh eighth grade. I started playing just because my friends were playing, and then 
I didn't play organized basketball until high school. It was like the first time I ever played organized basketball and kind of fell in love with it at the time. And just because obviously my friends were doing it, but also I, I saw the progression with it. when you work hard at something and you train, you know, day in and day out, like what the result can be for the long run. So yeah, I, I grew up like skateboarding and, and doing this like extreme sports. I was very curious. They, my family used to call me Curious George when I was little. So yeah, sports was not on the radar when I was younger at all. <laughs> at what point were you like, um, where you were just like, oh, I can pursue this, I'm pretty good? Or did you have a mentor? Did someone tell you like, you should really pursue that? Like, how'd you end up pursuing it? One, obviously in college, but then saying, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna make take a shot to, to make it to the yeah. NBA. You know, when I, when I started playing in high school, I just really understood what it could do for me at the time. And again, I wasn't a kid who grew up in a family where I, I had access or I had, you know, Christmases with the presents and things like that. So I knew when I was younger that it was a way for me to, you know, get to the financial gain that would help me and my family live the life that, you know, I truly desired. So I just really, I mean, honestly, it started in high school, just kind of it's shifting my mindset. And, you know, I, I knew I was good and I knew I was good, but I just didn't know when that time for me was because, you know, starting as a freshman, right? All my friends were playing varsity. Same thing, being a sophomore. Like I wasn't the kid who was like talented, was like always on varsity, who was always starting. Like I I had to work for everything. And as I started, luckily I was five five when I started high school. By the end of it, I was about six six. <laughs> you know, just the fun of the game and, and at the time that that's what was really drawing me there. And then as I got to college, the whole competing aspect, like I love to compete. Like that's my number one thing is competing, competing, competing. And just putting yourself up against against the best. Because I always believe, I mean, the talent is is always gonna obviously be good, right? People are naturally born talented, athletic, but when it comes to hard work, like I'll outwork anybody. So in college, it was just, for me, it was more so like, all right, well, who do I have to outwork today? Or like, who do we get to play today as a team or uh, vice versa? That's when I was in junior college, but it wasn't until probably end of my senior year when I was homeless and, you know, again, getting ready to have my daughter, actually my junior year going into my senior year, I started to realize that I need like the NBA was, it, it was realistic. It was more realistic than I thought just because when I started ASU and I was there and, you know, I had this situation where I did sign a letter to do the first junior college kid to ever do that. And after not attending and, and going to Arizona State, my first two years, you know, I didn't play at all. Um, you know, I was I, I went on a very downward spiral just within my own mental, just because, you know, it's it's tough going somewhere new, learning something different and also just being uncomfortable. Right. So I, and, and I was extremely uncomfortable at the time. but you know, it was through those times where I realized like the true possibilities of what I could do and, and where I could take the game of basketball and what it could do for me. So, you know, I, I was just able to just kind of, I guess, I guess I would say along my entire journey from high school till college, I just, I always just had an itch to just be the best I could be and compete at the highest level. Like, you know, I, I feel like we don't, you don't ever just do anything to dabble in it, right? We we do things to immerse ourselves and and, and be great at that one thing. So that's kind of what, what was always my mindset. I love that. So just diving into, obviously, you know, when talking about the NBA, you're talking yeah. about the elite of the elite. So 
at that level, even, even in college, you know, if you're playing college ball, you're, you're an elite athlete. Yeah. Like what was your plan to outwork everyone that, that you were playing with against, et cetera. Take me through your mind. Man, take me through my mind. So, I mean, I, I would, I mean, I was a kid and ever since I was little, I was this kid. I, I was a kid that wakes up, you know, at, at 5 a.m. in the morning and is working out, you know, from 5 a.m. to 7 and then going to school and, you know, shooting the 500 shots in the morning or, or, or shooting a thousand shots, vice versa, and then doing it again at night. Um, you know, I slept in the gym at times, especially times in college, I slept in the gym so, so many times. But, you know, I was always just in the mindset of how can I get better? Like, how can I get better and grow so I can give my team the best version of me and give value? And, you know, obviously there's so many other college players out there, so many things that are going on in college because you're young, you know, you have more access to things. You, most guys are in their 20s. Some guys turn 21, so they're able to drink, they're able to go out. But I really just knew, you know, if I wanted to be the best that I could possibly be and be as high, you know, live, you know, a standard of life and hold myself to a high standard, then I had to make sure I hold my, I held myself accountable with my mindset. And my mindset, again, was just wake up early, outwork everybody when everyone's sleeping. And then when we're on the court, like I, I unfortunately and fortunately for my teammates, I was an asshole. I was a guy who didn't take bullshit from anyone. Um, I was a guy who held people accountable for, you know, for their jobs and, and doing what they needed to do. But yeah, man, I would just, everything to me was always just competing. It always came down to just the, the sole factor of just competing. I was the little brother in my family. So my big brother <laughs> picked on me, man. So my mindset, no matter who it was in college, like it was just, it was either kill or be killed at the time. Yeah. So. Your, your mentality was like outwork everyone. Yeah, yeah. So just going backwards a bit, I guess. So you had mentioned you were homeless a, a few times. Yeah. How do you navigate that and the dream to play ball professionally man it, it was hard you know you know you, you there was times you know I was in my car and I would just you know, I would just break down in tears because I didn't know like why my life ended up like this or like how I even got here and you know I would ask myself all these questions that would allow myself to just instill limiting beliefs on that I wasn't good enough and that you know that my life will always be like this and you know, we, I was going through this mental battle with myself, but at the end of the day, I knew that it was just a time period in my life. Like I, I was going to have to weather the storm. Like, you know, my, my mom always used to tell me like one or two things when the storm is here, I can either run towards the storm or just run right in it. Or I can just sit still and, and just allow the storm to pass. And at that time, I just needed to sit still and allow that storm to pass so I can actually see what was in front of me and I can see what was going on so I could make the changes that I needed to make. So I wouldn't be, you know, still spinning in this tornado. And, you know, it truly helped me during that time to just kind of sit calmly and, and, and look at the bigger picture and understand like, all right, it may be like this today. And I may have days where I'm questioning myself and may have days where I'm, I'm again, just trying to battle between like, okay, well, I'm in my car, but I want to go to the NBA. Like, how's this all going to work out? I use that as fuel for my motivation to make sure that I was never in that situation again, that I would never 
you know, feel what it was like to not have or go without or even bring my daughter into the world at the time and, and have her be in that situation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just like imagining it, it's sounds yeah. like it's a lot. Yeah. It sounds like you, you also really exercise a lot of patience, just like you had a dream, but you were exercising patience at the time. Yeah, it's funny, because when I was little, I, I didn't have patience at all. You know, when I was a kid, I always wanted everything. Now I always wanted everything at that point in time and minute. And I wanted to be good. I wanted to, you know, be the best shooter, the best defender, or I just wanted whatever, whatever thing I wanted, I just wanted it right then and there. And as I got older, and as I got to the point of, of being in college, and you know, I lived on my own since I was 16. I just started to realize that, you know, it's, it's never a factor of just like how sometimes, right? Like the, the how part is, is already taken care of is just when, you know, when that time comes, are you going to be ready? And I just knew patience was the only thing I could do because I did everything I could for myself at that time. And I was doing everything I possibly could for my basketball career, for my educational career, and for my family at that time. So I just had to, you know, let let go and let God just kind of guide me and, and, you know, live my life by faith. And and that's what I had to do. And it helped me build the patience. It helped me understand that what's happening right now is not, you know, forever. It's, it's not something that's going to hinder me. It's something that's going to help me grow. It's the times of adversity, the times of pain, the opposition, that's what's going to show me, you know, who I really am and what I truly, you know, am made out of when my, my back's against the wall. So at what point in the process, did you know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to the NBA. You know, man, I would say when I really decided to like, I always said it was a dream, but when I really knew I was going to go to the NBA was going into my senior year, the minute I heard my daughter's voice for the first time, I actually was crying because I, was, I wasn't able to travel down there and see her born just because of the situation I was in. And I couldn't, you know, I was trying to drive down there, but I didn't have the money to get, like fix my tire. That day I heard her voice, you know, it, it changed everything for me in the sense of I told myself, no matter what, when I cross that line on the court, you know, I have one mission. My mission is to win, be the best I can be. But like, I made sure that I wrote down every single that I had in my log, like I like NBA, 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 just reminded myself like where I was like where I'm planning to end up. So I could make sure that every day the, the things I was doing was living, living in those habits. And you know, I talked about going to the NBA, but was I really being a pro? Right. So then it's just like now, since I'm reminding myself of these things and I, I've, I've made this commitment now, it's just like every day I just knew I had to live it. I had to live it. And that's that's when I knew like no matter what anybody was going to tell me, like I was, I was going to get there somehow or some way, somehow or some way I was going to make it happen. That wasn't on the job boards at all, at all that year. So what I find so fascinating is a lot of people say it and a lot of people dream it and they might even have the talent, but they might not ever get there. I grew up boxing and I competed a few times competitively. And I think that's like the sport that I can resonate with the most. And I just think through so many people who I know whose like dreams or aspirations are to be a professional boxer, professional MMA fighter, UFC fighter, and they train, dedicate years of their life to it. And even if they have like, they're good, but sometimes they don't have what separates like good from great. And I have a few friends that personal friends who have been on that journey, like they fought for the world title, they didn't win and they never got another shot. So why were you so certain? 
Like, why are you so certain that you were going to make it to the NBA? The thing, the thing was, I was certain within myself because I was certain within my own beliefs, right? I was certain mm-hmm. with what I, my ability to do what I was good at. The thing was, I never went out on the court. I was like, all right, I'm the best player on the court. No, I, I knew that when I went on the court that this is what I was good at. And if I just did that thing the best, right, which was play defense and run the floor and then obviously you could dunk the ball, block shots, just do the little things that it, w- it would carry over into being a pro. Because like you said, everybody has a dream and goal and people sometimes do take action on it, but not everybody can go play basketball. Not everybody can go be a boxer. Not everybody can go and, you know, be professional athlete at, at, at a sport. You know, I, I, I always say that you want to go where curiosity is going to, you know, drive you. Like for me at the time, like it was basketball. I was so curious about the game and, and really how it was structured and the tools that were able to obviously get me there because I knew that no matter what, like I was going to put, try and get around the highest level of talent to work out and, and put myself against so I can give myself the best possibility because if it didn't work out, it didn't work out, but I still wanted to give myself a chance, right? Like, mm. you know, with some people, right? Like, like some of your friends, like, at least they gave themselves a chance to see if they could do it. And you know, obviously if it didn't happen, you know, yeah. they they can either try again if they want to, but if not, you know, they at least they've gone through this journey where it's taught them something, right? Like this, the greatest teacher of life, I believe is sports. And I think that with basketball and, and my mindset, when it came to making my dream come true, that it was, it was driven off curiosity and, and driven off of just me just making sure that, I didn't give anybody the opportunity to tell me no. And if they mm. told me no, I would literally get back up and I would go knocking on the door and then and trying to see if I can get another chance. But like you said, sometimes, you know, for everyone it, that you you can't, you know, live out those dreams. But I, that's okay because I always feel that, again, just because you don't live out that dream doesn't mean you can't do something else. Like you can take the lessons you learn from that area absolutely right and 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 put it towards something else you can take the work ethic the mindset the tools that you've learned from working out and being disciplined and and applying yourself or you know maybe if you're doing basketball if you can't play maybe you could be a coach or maybe you could be a trainer there you know there's other avenues within that those sports or other avenues within in any field that you could possibly use and take to make something you know a little bit better yeah, I love that. It's so important to be curious. It sounds like also you did a lot of like maybe even unknowingly, it sounds like in the later years, you did a lot of very intentional, thoughtful work around who am I as a person? Who do yeah. I want to be, etc. But it sounds like even leading up to getting drafted, you were doing a lot of work in terms of visualization and writing down your goals and things like yeah. that. Like it sounds like you were a man with a plan and you knew how you were going to get there. Yeah, I mean, I've been writing down goals since I was 10 years old. Um, you know, I actually started my daughter writing goals when she was <laughs> like, uh, when she was about six, you know, get her to put them up on the wall and start getting her to start writing down the things that she wants to accomplish. But, you know, it, it's important to remind yourself, you know, daily, if not, you know, weekly, monthly, if not daily on where you're trying to go and what you're trying to accomplish, because it'll help you align how you're living with that. And, and it, it'll help you hold yourself more account- accountable and, and, give yourself more discipline. And, you know, later in life, I just realized that, you know, it's such a, and not really late. I mean, I've been doing this stuff for a whole while, like visualization, meditation, being able to be in control of your own mind and, and 
stopping the chaos and, and having those silent times and, you know, practicing gratitude and, and all the little things, right? All the little things that people think are dumb and stupid and, oh, why do you meditate or what's visualization? <laughs> all those, all those things help you manifest, you know, things into existence and, and cause you can feel it, right? You can, you can like, there was a study on, uh, athletes shooting free throws and, you know, they had a guy again, practice free throws over and over again, like shoot a hundred like physically. And then they had someone do it in their mind mentally and they lined them up and the guy who did it in his mind actually shot a better percentage than the guy who was actually shooting the normal free throws. And this is crazy because the power of the mind, like most everything, like the physical is great. Like your, your physical body, like you can do so much, but your mind is what's going to take you to that next level. You know, that's mm -hmm. what the mental state. So. Absolutely. That's, that's a crazy, crazy story. The day you get drafted 2013, what's it like? Like, take me back to that day. Oh man, the day I got drafted, um, it was interesting. Cause I didn't, I didn't go to the draft. Uh, my agent wanted me to go. I didn't want to go. Uh, I just wanted to kind of have a small little party with just, it was literally just me my mom, my grandparents, and then my daughter and my brothers. That was it. And we just kind of sat around the house and just relaxed. My daughter was sick at the time. So I was kind of taking care of her. Uh, draft was on and I've worked out for a lot of teams and, and, you know, I thought I was going to get picked a lot uh, sooner than I did. Uh, so I just thought, honestly, after the first round, I stopped, uh, I stopped watching the draft. <laughs> yeah, no, I stopped, I stopped watching the draft. I was like, oh, well, you know, it's over. Like no one wants to watch, but you know, I wasn't in my head. Like I was nervous cause I was, I wasn't on any draft boards anyway. So I was just, I was, I was just hoping you know, hoping, like, all right, hopefully I get picked. If not, like, I know I can go to summer league. I know I can do all this. And it was so crazy because, you know, when my agent told me to go downstairs in the beginning of the first, second round started, uh, and I ended up calling my name, it was like a surreal feeling. You know, I was holding my daughter. I, like, handed off my daughter to my mom, like a football. And then I didn't even say anything. I just, I just walked outside, man. I just walked outside and called my best friend from childhood, one of my high school teammates, and literally just, just started – just thanking God and start crying just because, you know, as a kid, it was a dream that, you know, that you wanted to, that I wanted to, to come true, man, to see your childhood dream come true and to be in it. It's, it's just such a surreal feeling, man. It was, it was phenomenal, man. It was phenomenal. It's a, it's an experience and a time period that, you know, I'm always going to remember, you know, for the rest of my life, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's awesome that that's a childhood dream that you achieved. I feel like so often kids as dreams have dreams, but you don't see them through, et cetera. So yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to, you know, I think as a kid and just even when you're a dreamer, I think it's important to not only dream, but you have to take the action. Right. And then you sometimes, sometimes you think something's not going to work out and you, you may work for years and then decide to quit. But you know, that day you decide to quit, you may be, you know, a couple, just a couple inches away from having that breakthrough, right? Like it took me over 20 years to be able to get to the NBA and, you know, just get there and, and play just for a couple of years. And I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't a guy who was playing all the time. I wasn't a guy who had a successful, you know, crazy 20 year career, but, you know, I could have stopped, you know, at the point when I first started college and I didn't play my first two years, right? Like I wasn't starting when I got to Arizona State. I could have stopped when I went to junior college. But it's just seeing that thing through, I think, is the biggest thing and, and, and not giving up. And I feel like, you know, when it, you know, when the time is up, right? Like, you know, when that time is when it's time to, you know, shift gears and, and, and maybe go to something else. You just got to you just got to listen to yourself, your mind your body, but go where opportunity is. Right. You just go. Yeah. Um, I had a few UFC fighters on 
and I asked them the same question. So I, I know people like this, this uh, question. What's it like as the player? What's it like to play in front of that many people in that atmosphere? What's that feel like? Oh, man, it's, uh, it's an amazing feeling. It's one of those things where as a player, right, like you don't really notice because you're just like when I go, when I play personally, me, when I get on the court, like it's just me and the people that I'm playing against and everybody else is just zoned out and they're just out of there. I don't even see that many people. But when I look back and I actually think about it, like it's an amazing feeling, just just the atmosphere and, and being, you know, obviously the lights are on and, and everything that you've practiced in private now is like, Oh, you get to bring it and show the world, like what you're made out, what your team is made out of um, and what you've been working on. So it's one of those surreal feelings, almost like, like an outer body experience. It's, I would say it's definitely, it's, it's nerve wracking. I feel like you get nervous no matter what it's nerve wracking, but it's like a more of like an excitement ready to go like focus still, man. I, I, I love it. I love being, you know, you know, in, in a position to, to be where the lights are on and, and like just basically going out there and, and entertaining and putting on a show and then competing at a high level, man. I love it, man. Yeah, I can imagine, but right. I, I can, I've never had that experience, but it's, I can imagine it's, it's a wild experience, obviously. So you're in the NBA, you're an elite athlete, you're playing with, you know, the most elite in the world. Was there anyone that you met along in your journey while playing in the NBA who you were just like, that man is on another level. Yeah, there was a there's a there's a lot of individuals I've met, but the one person that I'm close with now is Luau Deng, who obviously the NBA All Star, who's played in the NBA for God knows how long, and has made a great career. And what kind of blew me away about him and just like being an amazing player was it wasn't that the fact that he was good; it was the fact that off the court, what he was able to do, how many lives he was able to impact how he was able to build wealth outside of the sport and, and not only give back to the country he's from, but, you know, build wealth for, you know, his legacy and, and, and drive home his visions and ideas. So he was the guy for me that kind of opened my eyes to like, wow, like, yeah, like blew my mind away talently. Like, yeah, he's good. But off the court, he was amazing. He was, he was better than, better than good. Um, mm -hmm. And the talent wise, I would say a guy like Beyond Waiters blew my mind away. I mean, obviously James Harden, but James played at Arizona State, uh, which which <laughs> obviously I was I'm, I was lucky to see anyway. So, yeah, absolutely. So, at what point did did you? Um, I think when you were giving me your your high level yeah. story when you, we first kicked this show off, you were saying that once you got injured is when you started looking at what comes next after the NBA. Was that when you first started turning to? motivational speaking, yeah. et cetera? Or was it throughout that the NBA when you were playing, were you still like very into personal growth, development, et cetera? You no, know, I've always been, you know, into personal growth and developing and just trying to make myself better. But I, I really started to kick in again when I broke my knee. You know, again, I was a kid who was in special ed first grade, I mean, second grade all the way to high school. So when it came to speaking out loud or reading out, out loud, that wasn't anything that I wanted to do. You know, I was a shy kid. I don't, I don't think I've ever read a book out loud in class or spoke out loud in class at all. Like I would always just go to the office. <laughs> so, you know, when I actually just decided that, you know, I wanted to try it and do something new, it was almost one of those feelings that, again, I can't explain. It was almost like I was on the, you know, being on the court again and, and, and being in front of, you know, thousands and not, and, and giving them value and, and, 
you know, impacting and, and seeing the joy and the emotions on their face. I mean, it, it just brought so much light to my, my, my mind, my heart. And it was just, again, it was just one of those things that at that point in time, like I knew I had to start testing out different things and seeing what, where, where else, you know, my talents, my abilities, my skills that, you know, I've been blessed with could lead me into a long career because basketball, I knew there was a ceiling, there's a cap, right? There's only mm. something you can do and it's the ball's going to stop balancing at some point. But, you know, I wanted to get into an industry where I can scale and grow and, and, and keep growing myself. So it, it, it all kind of started right there, to be honest. Like I've always just been shy, man. I've been a shy guy my whole life. So in terms of when you were injured, I know you had mentioned, so you, you had hit like a, a low because you started asking yourself, you know, like without basketball, who am I? I hear a lot of professional athletes who, who find themselves in a similar position where like yeah. after when they're done, when they retire, whatever the sport is, a lot of athletes, professional athletes, I hear at least can go through some struggle. That's like, who am I without this sport? 100%. I mean, a lot of athletes do just because their whole life, you know, their, their identity is based off their sport. You know, they're told what to do, when to do it, when to work out. We're taught not to feel pain, taught to just work through adversity and then, you know, eat, breathe, and sleep your sport. That's all you do. So when, when you don't have that, right, it's almost like, all right, well, who am I? Like, now what? You know, a lot of college athletes, when they get done with college and they graduate, they have trouble, you know, moving forward when finding a career, right? And and, and, and finding something they like to do just because, you know, they're, they're so used to structure and having, you know, literally that routine every single day that they've had since childhood. So, a lot of pros deal with identity issues and, and finding out who they are without the ball. You know, luckily me, like, again, I didn't I didn't grow up playing basketball. I grew up doing a lot of other things. You know, my parents never pushed me to do one thing. So I knew it was, again, I knew it, it wasn't a factor of, like, what I wanted to do. It's just I just needed to go try and, and, and figure out, like, what brought me joy, like, what made me truly happy. And you know, it, it, you know, one of my mentors told me at the time when I was down and out, he's like, you know what, like list out the things that you want to try that you like, that you love. And he's like, go do them, you know, go test them, go see if that's something that you want to pursue, go see if, you know, you're willing to endure, you know, what that industry or, or you know, that market, whatever you're doing has to bring. Because, you know, when, if, if you do, you know, decide to do something and, 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 and move forward in it, then you want to make sure that you're willing to put up with the tough times, you know, the times that things aren't happening, the times when things are, you know, completely great. Um, and the mm -hmm. times where, you know, you have the headaches and hiccups because, you know, that's what sports brought, right? Like basketball, it did a lot of up and down. So, you know, that's what I did during that time. And, and, and it's funny because when I first started speaking, I spoke my first time speaking ever was in front of a crowd of like, to 2,500 students at the time, went back to my old high school. There was supposed to be a smaller crowd. Don't know what happened there. <laughs> it was almost like a, a shock to me because I was uh, completely afraid. But once I started going and after, you know, it ended, just the, just the amount of joy and, and, you know, the tears and the thank yous really just, really just moved me and really just showed, showed me like, hey, like, you uh, know, I, I may be, completely talented at basketball but uh, you know this is what i'm made for this is what i'm made to do so you knew the first time you spoke you're like this is this is it oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I, I knew the first time i spoke like this is it and it wasn't until i walked away from the game and decided to 
kind of move forward just in my own personal growth. Because a lot of people thought it was crazy because I could have kept playing, could have, you know, made the half a million dollars doing the, you know, not the vet salaries and playing back here in the NBA. But I knew that, you know, I wasn't going to be fulfilled. I knew I wasn't going to be happy. Like money, you know, I, I had it, you know, I, I had it and I haven't had it. So I knew that if I went after something I love to do and, and, and did something that I was completely passionate about and, and, and learned and built the knowledge around it, that I would be able to, you know, do what I love, but also the financial part of it, you know, maybe not at the beginning, it wouldn't be there, but over time it would come. And now, you know, obviously now I've been able to reap the benefits of just me giving value and, and helping people and, and, and things of that nature. So was it hard to, a lot of times on the show, we talk about the career paths that my guests have taken. And yeah. it's definitely interesting to hear different people's journey. And, you know, I've, I've had some people on the show who have taken this path of follow the money and they're like completely miserable down here. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Um, you know, it, it you know, at first. Like, I, I wish this was recorded so people could have seen your, your face to face no, reaction no, just now. No, no, no. It's so crazy because um, when I think about, you know, when I first started, like, oh, follow the path of, you know, the money and this and that. And, you know, you like for me, like I've always been a guy who's just like, you know, money is not going to make you happy. Right. Like I, I always thought like, oh, money, 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 money. But when I had it, I still wasn't I still wasn't you know happy. I, yeah, I could pay my bills and do other things like money gives you freedom. It gives you the ability to do other things. Yes. But overall happiness, like it, it, it definitely I truly believe that for me, when you chase money, like, I, and I had the opportunity to, to see and be in proximity with people with millions and millions of dollars. And now I've been blessed to be friends, be friends with guys who, you know, are, are billionaires or, or, you know, multi, multi-millionaires and, you know, guys who are just normal nine to fivers and, and, you know, make $35,000, you know, a, a year. And it's the guys that are make, the billions and, and the multi-millions or some of those guys that I know that are completely, completely miserable in their lives and, you know, are alone and, and, and seeking, you know, guidance to help because they focus on the wrong thing, right? Like when I talk about building wealth, you know, I don't just talk about the financial gain. I talk about building wealth in your family, your relationships and, and, and your overall, you know, being, you know, if you're doing what you love to do and, and the money is there, right? Like, and, and, the money, like the money is there, it's coming in and you're building on your relationships, you're taking care of your health. Like that's what, to me, that's what true wealth is. It's just being able to live a fulfilled life and being able to do the things that you're, that you desire. And, and whether that's financially, maybe you're focused on, you know, making millions of dollars. That's great. Maybe you're focused on making an impact, but you know, money is not the key to success and the key to all happiness. It, it, it's it a help for sure to help. But yeah, no, I definitely knew that I didn't want to take that route just from what I was able to see and what I was Mm. able to experience my own personal self. And I know that the more value you give and the more value you bring into other people's lives and and they can actually build upon it and use tools or use your service in a way that's helping them, then that's when you earn what you're worth, right? You earn what you're worth. And if you give value and you give uh, a lot of it and you keep giving it, you know, at some point, 
whatever industry you're in and depending on how you're you're giving it and what you value yourself at, then you can put a price point on it, right? And and people are either gonna buy it or not. And that's kind of been my thing is just like just do what you love. You know, obviously if you are helping people and, and giving value and people are lives are changing, like the money and stuff will come and then with business, right? It's not like sports, because sports is a ceiling is a cap. Like business, you can scale it, you can grow it and you can again take the money you make, put it back in. And then it's, it's just like compound interest is stacking and it's stacking. And, and then you get to a point where you've built, you know, abundance of wealth and you're able to invest in the real estate and, you know, do different things and become an angel investor and different things like that. So. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. So as I mentioned, I started my first business when I was 14. And at the time you're 14, like my goal wasn't really thinking I'm, I want to make money. My goal was, of, of course, like, you know, that's, that's a driver of why you start a business. But my goal was, I love boxing and I, I wanted to start selling boxing equipment. That was my first business. I started at 14. I always tell younger people, I'm always amazed at how many people, um, let's say out of school even, get paid like the the minimum starting salary and they go to jobs that they're completely miserable at. Oh. I'd rather make ten, fifteen thousand dollars less than that a year and do something that makes me come alive. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Because if you do something that makes you come alive, then... Again, you're you're able to put yourself in a position to obviously make more of the money because you're going to be happy with what you're doing. You're going to be putting more into it. You'll people will be getting more out of you in that sense, right? So, I mean, I think that's that's the right thing, and I, I tell young people that too. Don't ever chase the money because quick money is not always good money. It may be good for that time period, but at some point in time, that that quick money it runs out, right? So you want to go somewhere where you're able to build upon how much you're making and, and, and grow it and not just get it for the now and it just be done. Right. So, yeah. So is your business today, mainly speaking, coaching, et cetera, or are there other facets to it? Yeah, no, no. So right now what, what my business is, is I run like a business, uh, business consulting company uh, as well as like life coaching. So pretty much I just help people, whether it's in your business, shift your business, um, learn new strategies, tactics, um, and I also teach people how to live, you know, a fulfilled quality life by teaching them how to, you know, live a healthier, wealthier, more fulfilling life through these tools. So I, I work with individuals from literally all over the place, um, all around the world, from in Australia, from people who do radio, people that are in sports, people that are models, actors, and then to your normal John Jacobs and Sally's are there working out or <laughs> just looking to close the gap between you know where they where they uh, are and then where they want to be, I again it's a, it's an amazing feeling to me, man. And, and I've been I've been blessed to be put in the position I am I'm at, I'm at to help people change their lives, but I, I also get to see people hit new goals and, and achieve new things. So it's it's awesome, man. When you went back to the NBA the second time, you had mentioned you were less fulfilled. Did you recognize that like uh, right away? Yeah, yeah, I, I recognized it right away. You know, as soon as I got back and as soon as I started playing, like it, I had the joy and I, I played like I, I never played before. Like I, I came back, my comeback was great, but I knew deep down that, you know, I, cause I talked about it from the day I got drafted, you know, it's funny because I always talked about it to my friend. I always talked about it to my friends like, Hey, like, you know, starting a business or doing this or doing that, um, just doing other things. And I always used to mention to him all the time about just starting a business and, you know, life after sports, I can't wait till, you know, I get, you know, done with basketball, because that's when my life really is going to start. And when I got back, I just started to look around at everything that was going on and, and just realized that, you know, basketball was a great tool for me, 
but I wanted growth. You know, I wanted, I wanted to get to a new level and not, and not all guys are like this, but the majority uh, of, of the sport, it was, it was tough because there's, there was no substance, right? It was the same thing. It's a culture, you know, the talking about the money, the clothes and, you know, talking about things that, you know, for me being 22, 23, that I, was ready for that next level of life, right? I was ready to get away from that stuff and get more so in the mindset of like, all right, well, let's talk about business. Let's talk about real estate. Let's talk about how we can, you know, grow our lives in a way that, you know, we won't have to worry anymore because a lot of people play sports. They think that's the end all, right? You get it. You got the money, like your life is set for the rest of, of for eternity, which I knew at the time wasn't the case. So I, I just knew it was time for me to just make a shift and change and, and, really just dive deep into uh, a new field where I knew that I was, I was going to be able to grow that knowledge. So. Awesome. I know in your, your Ted talk, you know, you had mentioned fuck the impossible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. Obviously it's not such a simple answer, but how do you think you break through? How does one break through limiting beliefs? There's so many people I know who like have the mentality. Like, I mean, I feel like I'm preaching to your own Ted talk, but there's people who are always saying, I can't, I won't. I mean, you hear people say I can't literally all the time. And um, I guess I'm, I'm personally always, yeah. that's never been my own personal belief system. But how do you help someone who's in that belief system where they're like, I can't, I can't get that job. I can't do this. I can't do that. Um, you know, for me, what I, what I personally do is with individuals who have a lot of limiting beliefs is one, I get them to list out all the limiting beliefs and I get, I get them to, to really understand like where those limit, limiting, limiting beliefs come from and, and where they started, right? Because I always want to go to the root of everything. Because I think if you go to the root and, and start back to whether, you know, for me, you know, I, I was called, I was called dumb and stupid when I was, you know, from second grade all the way until, like I said, like high school. And, and for a long time, like I would, I would always think in my head, I was stupid, I was dumb, I was stupid, I was dumb, I was stupid, I was dumb. But what I do with people is I, I get them to write down their limiting beliefs and I get them to address them in a way where, they go back to the beginning of where they started. And then what I get them to do then is just, I get them to vice versa, right? I get them to switch it and, and empower that belief with something different. So instead of being like, all right, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough for, you know, whether it's love, I, I can never be loved. You know, I get them to switch it up being like, when I give love, I can receive love. Because most, because most people who, you know, have these limiting beliefs, you know, if you just take that and just reverse it in a way where you can empower that belief by something you're doing and knowing what triggers that belief, right? And and just saying it to yourself every day, right? Because, I mean, you know, just like me, we talk to ourselves probably 2,000 times more than we talk to anybody else during the day, like <laughs> in our head 24-7, right? And, and it's, it's, a, it's a constant battle between the negative side and the positive side. But if you're outweighing, you know, the negative side, which is all your limiting beliefs with the positivity and the affirmations and telling yourself, like, I will be successful. Uh, I can, you know, I can do this instead of I can't. Um, and just changing your vo vocabulary and really diving into the root of things and, and, and starting out with, you know, and, and I always tell people, yeah, I feel like you got to start out with building your a new foundation, right? Like redigging your root out the ground and and planting a new seed because it doesn't matter what was or what you may think that you're not 
right? Because it, like that stuff doesn't matter. That stuff is going to hold you back. But if you start planting new seeds of what you can do and who you are and who you want to be and not think about the past, but think about the you currently and how you can be the best right now, like that's how you get to the other side of things. And, and I just try to push everyone forward um, that I work with to just empower themselves and, and, and really start to just cater their life on the daily, not thinking about the future, not living in mm. the past, but just living in the now. So, mm. yeah, I feel like it's something that I was very fortunate. My dad really helped push me to really take the mentality from a young age that, you know, this is your life and you can sort of steer the ship the direction you want. And yep. you'll obviously be hit by waves, but it's on you to get out there and build the life you love. Mm. I love fuck the impossible. I do think it's something that should be taught in, in school, you know, to oh, 100%, 100%. I think that's something that I wish as a kid that my teachers would, would teach me and, and, and really teach me about life and, and, and accomplishing these things. Cause I feel like they, they sugarcoat everything when it comes to, Oh, you can't do this or you can't do that. Um, you have to, you know, go to school, be a teacher. Da, 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 da. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I, I understand. I definitely understand that. So we can wrap this up. My podcast is all about facing adversity and building your dream life. You've certainly done that. With that being said, what would be your bits of gold on how to build a life you love? Uh, my bits of gold of this how to build a life you love, man. Um, honestly, I, I would I would just say live within yourself. When you're true to yourself and you're, you start at you know the beginning of the journey, right? Like the, your GPS is your starting point, which is the truth. And you can figure out, all right, with this truth, like, what is my destination? Then everything else that that's going on and everything else that's going to happen, you know, your why is going to be bigger, right? You're going to you're going to want something that's not pushing you to your goal. You're going to want something pulling you to your goal because if push only lasts for so long. It's the pull, right? It's the pull, which is the deeper meaning of whatever that thing is you're looking for to do. It's going to get you there through the adverse times, through the times where you don't want to get up, don't want to wake up, don't want to do the work. So I would just say to anybody who's listening to this right now, you know, no matter where you are in your life, no matter what's your situation, what your time period is, just really just believe in yourself, believe in yourself and do whatever work you need to do to put yourself in the best position. Right. And, and so you can be the captain of your own ship. If you, if you want the Island, like Tony Robbins says, is you got to burn the boats. So <laughs> where can our listeners find you connect with you? So your listeners, if, whoever's listening right now, if you guys want to connect with me, you can, uh, obviously Instagram is Carrick Felix underscore Felix or well, Carrick underscore Felix is, uh, my Instagram. And then same thing with, uh, Facebook. It's, at Carrick Felix IMC. And then if anybody wants to get a, get in contact with me, obviously Instagram, you can send my team an email. We'll definitely get back to you. Or you can also go to imcelitecourse.com. That's kind of where everything is right now when it comes to my, my school I have, my community as well, and, and some of the programs and things I teach. So, Well, Carrick, thank you so much for the time. I just want to express my, my gratitude to you. This was an awesome hour. I love your story and uh, I'm very excited to share this with our listeners, our followers and inspire the world with this. No, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It was, uh, it was nice talking to you for sure. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed that episode with Carrick Felix. I know I left that episode feeling 
super inspired, super motivated, and really feeling like, wow, I need to go set my goals even higher. I need to get out there, pursue them, chase them, and achieve them. Carrick really, really pushes that mentality that impossible is nothing. You can achieve, be, do anything you want in life if you work hard at it. You can check out Carrick's website at imcfamily.com and his Instagram at Carrick underscore Felix. Carrick underscore Felix. If you liked that episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And for more information on Bits of Gold Podcast, make sure to follow along our journey on Instagram at Bits of Gold underscore podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in and more to come this Wednesday with a recap episode, a solo episode Friday, and another interview coming this Monday. I love your podcast. This is gold. This is where it's at. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.